Welcome to the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. I am your host, Blazik, aka Sober Guy Journal. And I'm Julia, also known as That One Sober Friend on TikTok. Knowing what I know now, I wouldn't change anything except to feel more emotionally slow down. Life's a merry go round. Things ain't merry when you're going through the motions, fulfillment, lies, and emotions. So why go through life unavailable? You're Hi unavailable. guys, welcome back to the Young Fun Sober Podcast. It's Julia, it's Blazik, and today we have a very special guest, our first guest ever on the pod. Ever? Oh wow! Well, <laughs> from Last Drinks Podcast. Hello, hello. We've been yes. saying we we're going to do it for months now, so. What'd you say? I, didn't realize- I said, we've been saying we're going to do it for months now. Yeah. Well, I feel honored that I'm the first guest that you have. Uh, that's, um, that's a, that's a noble to, to pick me for the first <laughs> guest. How lovely. <laughs> well, I feel like last drinks is really good about having guests on and mm. it's good to have like different outside perspectives. Um, we're just unorganized. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And you got this Yahoo from Australia. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, today we just want to have you introduce yourself, kind of go into, you don't have to like go like super in depth. Well, you can go in as in depth as you want um, Mm -hmm. when it comes to like your relationship with alcohol, what it once was, what your sobriety journey is now. And yeah, just give us the lowdown of who you are because I would assume that like, possibly our listeners overlap maybe Hmm. i don't know there's a lot of sober podcasts out there but definitely just want to introduce you to to our listeners Hmm. yeah well i mean it's possible i mean that there could be i mean because julia was um you were one of our first guests on ours one of the ogs i guess you know back when we were starting out ours so Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i guess (sighs) how would I explain my relationship with alcohol? It was just full throttle, I guess. There was no, um, I mean, I started, I mean, I started like any, like most of us start in our teenage years. I started when I was 15. I was um, resistant to it at first, but then just had mates who were doing it, just sort of succumbed to peer pressure. Um, just got sick of them. Just like, I'll just have a drink. And I was just, I don't know. I was just kind of not interested in doing it um, in the, originally. And then, yeah, just got sick of them bugging me to do it. So then just to shut them up, just got drunk after school, I guess, one day. And that would have been like one can of like bourbon or something. And then, you know, you're like, woo. And yeah, it was, a you know, felt great as it does. And certainly there was no love at first sight moment for me. But I guess that just went on from there that okay I guess this is what you do to as part of like socializing and having a good time is just you include now this substance with that and I guess when I turned 18 which is the legal drinking age here in Australia you can buy it so then that was all right off we go um and yeah just I just was interested in the party lifestyle just lots of yeah, drinking and partying and um i guess i was doing a lot more than um well eventually yeah, i was just doing it a lot more than everyone else and then when 
friends were like, oh, I'm not going out this weekend. It's like, oh, well, I still wanted to go out. So then I'd go out a lot of the time on my own. And then I guess it just sort of progressed from there to just when, you know, it would be, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a long yeah, story of just gradual progression to just worse and worse um, incidences happening and behavior and health issues. And yeah, it, it was kind of a mess by the end of it. <laughs> Yeah. And when quick. did you wait? How, how old are you now? I'm 33. Okay. And when did you decide to cut alcohol out? Well, after I had a, I had a, I mean, I was progressing worse and worse and this was at around 27. Okay. The, you know, that, that fine age, the 27 club was what I always think of for a lot of these musicians and actors that seems to be a lot of this weird state where they clock off from a lot of drinking and drug abuse. But, um, yeah, I had a big night where like I drank, um, well, I was struggling to sleep and I had, I was drinking to pass out. So I had like two bottles of, um, rum here in Australia. So it was, um, trying to think how to convert liters to gallons. I think it was probably anything from like half a gallon or something of, of booze. And oh, wow. Something, something, I think that's, yes, yeah, or maybe a bit less. And, um, yeah, just somehow I got the courage to text my mom and ask her for help because I just couldn't stop drinking. And then she put into action to put me in a rehab facility not long after. And, yeah, just began the journey um, trying to build some sort of life for myself without needing to rely on alcohol to get through it. And that went on for two years. Then in that time, I worked predominantly. I was working as an Uber driver. So it was just like, all right, well, I wanted, to, I wanted to go travel Europe, never been to Europe. Went to travel. Well, I worked, saved money, and then got into sorting out my health and fitness because at this time I was probably, um, again, converting kilos to pounds. I wanted to have like, because it was like 120 kilos. So that was... I'm, okay. I'm Here, not entirely sure yet what the, the conversion rate is. I think that was one like and a half. Says, <laughs> like just under 265 pounds. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and then I went down to, eventually I got down to like, I think like 93. So I think that was like 40 or 50 pounds. Um, most of it just, I mean, because the excess calories, because I was consuming a lot of alcohol. So like cutting that out entirely. You know, you eliminate all those empty calories, but I still wasn't, I guess, didn't have the best diet anyway. And I kind of mm. got a bit more structured with that. So, um, yeah, so I got all that sorted after two years and then, all right, I've set my goals. I'll go travel Europe. And then the first um, night I got into London, I was given a drink card on arrival at the hostel. I was like, oh, oh dear. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I got, I got in late, so I'll go upstairs and go to bed go out the next day explore london get into the lobby uh two guys checking out come up to me and they go we didn't use our drink cards do you want out so now i've got three Ugh. and alarm bells just start sort of going off in my head thinking yeah. oh shit like and then i went out for the day just to not think about it got back after exploring london met a couple of girls in the hostel and they're like oh do you want to come down and drink with us in the evening and then again like Basically what I didn't work on in that first two years was I wasn't, I didn't spend any time around people drinking and just be sober and just be uncomfortable with it. 
like I avoided it for two years because I was just like, well, I mean, it's the easy option. Yeah. But evidently then it came full circle because then I basically, it goes back to, I guess, the peer pressure thing back when I was 15. Like I was just petrified of encountering someone who would keep budging me on having a drink and then I wouldn't have the power to say no because, you know, essentially I was powerless over alcohol. And so then I just convinced myself that it was going to happen. So I thought, well, you might as well just do it yourself. So then I just went down to the bar and just bought the first drink and then just had it and then thought, well, you've done it now. Off we go. And then there was two years down the drain and then just back on a bender through Europe for the next four and a half months where mm. more chaos and just uh, incidences ensued and eventually go back to Australia after that moved out of home went wound up living in a i was living in a retiree's um renting a room in the like the suburbs and then i went out one night got drunk and um i remember i was just i think i was on like instagram just like talking to people and i was just drunk and then there was a girl from my past that i just started messaging and i said something that pissed her off and she blocked me and then i woke up the next day and i just thought i can't do this anymore and then that was it and that was february 1st 2020 so i haven't had a drink since <laughs> wow and that timing is crazy because that was like right when yeah that's the pandemic cool. was about to happen yeah just for the spicy cough season yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be like the hardest time to do it just trapped inside and and have yeah, to... for a lot of people mm, yeah for a lot of people it to be a time where they yeah like the alcohol consumption increases particular in australia where a lot of things were closed but bottle shops it, they had to, well as liquor stores were kept open but for me the environment that i was in so i was living with like a 70 year old woman i was living with a 60 a woman a grandmother in her 60s and then a bloke in his mid 40s and even like my land, like, like the seven-year-old woman I was living with, she'd get drunk on red wine every night. And she's like, and I tell her that I had a problem with alcohol and she's like, oh, you're not tempted to drink with me? And it's like, nah, this isn't appealing at all. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so, so I kind of, kind of utilized that, that because yeah, like everything was shut. There was no real, um, I guess, threat for me to be tempted in any way. So I ended up living there for a year and then got sick of that and thought, no, I'll have to Move, move a bit more closer to the beach because where I live in Australia is quite a um, it's quite a popular I'd say it's like a downsized version of like Los Angeles and Miami and so there's a lot of beach a lot of surf a lot of sun and I moved in with a Brazilian guy in his mid-30s and I made the mistake of buying him a bottle of scotch as like a welcome gift moving in thing and then he mm. Obviously, when I did that, because I just saw it when I was viewing the apartment, there was a bottle up on the shelf and I just, because I was kind of just grateful to get out of where I was living because I got sick of it. Um, yeah, so when I moved in and I presented it to him, he's like, oh, well, I drink to celebrate. And I said, oh, I don't drink. And he said, why? And, it, and I said, oh, well, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And he said, okay. He never challenged me on it. He never um, pushed me on it. He just accepted it. And I guess that was the first time... I like, I really needed that. I needed that from somebody. And yeah. I kind of thought I, whether it, I'm not sure whether I would have got that if I moved with another Australian. So, um, but basically what I had to learn to do because I had to just get comfortable around being people who were drinking 
whilst I was sober. And then once I started doing that and then got through that, then I just realized, oh, well, I don't need alcohol anymore. Like that was kind of the last thing. And yeah, like it's not something yeah, that I even consider ever doing again because I just know where it leads. Yeah, I think that like Will and I are kind of the same with like our temptations or cravings. It's like when I'm out with people, that's more so when I get it versus like Blazik. I feel like yours is like when you're at home and you're isolating, that's when you want to drink but correct me if I'm wrong no for sure like I I have zero cravings when I'm out and about or like at the bar or any of that I've I've zero temptation to drink but when I'm like will it sound like you were in a sitcom with your last living situation like the (laughs) seven-year-old lady drinking wine and the sober guy um Mm. I don't know that I think that would have been really good for me because I would not be home alone. I'd have been like, wow, this is just chaos. But um, yeah, just being home like alone and, you know, that's, that's when I get the most cravings. And and mm. I think I've kind of linked that back to loneliness, which is one thing that I did want to actually ask was like when you first started drinking and, you know, you said it was progressive. So like at first you did it because of peer pressure, what, like what ramped it up to where you were doing it more often did it give you a certain feeling what was that like what was the reasoning um i guess you i guess it's just doing things over and over again um especially with drinking you just build a tolerance for it so you just need more and more to get the feeling that you're chasing um whether it was i guess i was just thought i was just chasing a good time um because i guess i thought that was what life was about was just getting drunk, going out, perhaps, perhaps meeting some girls, you know, it's kind of the, um, the, the pursuit of hedonism I've kind of looked at it as. And I mean, I had an incident when I was in my early twenties, I had a relationship breakdown, um, which I guess is, it's always still tough to talk about at times. Cause yeah, like I, was pursuing this yeah like being single just having fun all that and then met someone they're like oh now i feel all these things that i've never felt about another person before but i still had this bachelor dickhead driving the train just going no we want to keep doing this This is this is this is the good stuff so that kind of took that kind of just took over and yeah so like the whole time i was um yeah i was out of control with my drinking which meant then all my behavior was kind of out of control as well. So I didn't really have any self-control in regards to who I ended up in bed with, who I ended up, I guess, hooking up with. So yeah, I was unfaithful the whole time, which wasn't um, good. And which, you know, ignorantly at the time, I just thought, no, oh, it'll be all right. I'll figure it out. You know, just, you know, you just, you turn a blind eye to it. No, not knowing full well that like I was heading towards like a collision Cause then I got caught out and I had to tell her what I did and yeah, just to see my actions um, affect someone else that I'm supposed to care about just broke me. And then that's, I guess, a period where I was spiraling with just not dealing with, I guess, the ramifications of what I did, the feelings I was experiencing, um, just the guilt, the shame, the embarrassment. Um, and I guess a good coping mechanism the the only coping mechanism I knew at the time was to drink. So then I kind of, there was a period where I was um, 
you know, considering ending my life, but then didn't have the guts to do it. So I thought, well, maybe I'll just leave it up to chance and I'll just drink myself stupid for as long as I can. And so, yeah, like that relationship ended when I was probably like 21, 22. So I did that for the next fucking four or five years, I guess. So, mm-hmm. um, and then I guess nowadays trying to find better coping mechanisms to deal with uh, those certain things where now it's like, oh, well, if I want to reach, for, if I wanted to reach something like alcohol, I was like, well, no, that's not an option now. You got to, you can't be running away from it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, thank you for talking about that because like, I know when I was in college, like I feel like I would have the most shame and guilt from my nights drinking because like, I was so like flirtatious and like promiscuous. Like even if I was seeing someone at the time, it was just Mm. like when I would drink, I knew when I had like my sober mind, like I love and cared about this, you know, person, but it was like a switch went off when I would Mm. drink. And it was just like, I craved attention from like any avenue. Like it didn't really Mm. matter and then I'd wake up the next day and I'd be just so confused because my intentions were not matching my actions. And that was just causing so much. I felt so lost because I didn't understand why I wanted to be this one person. But then my actions and my behavior made me the complete opposite. Mm. So it took years, like, I feel like the same thing with you a little bit. Like it took me years to figure out that, you know, I was kind of digging my own grave. Like I didn't realize it at the time, but it was like that constant cycle of like, I drink, I do stupid shit. I wake up, I feel guilty. But then what makes me feel better is like starting to drink the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then like, I feel more at peace with my my previous decisions because I'm more so just thinking it's okay. Everyone does stupid things when they're drunk. That's like what I was doing to like, yeah, to cope, I guess. You know what that reminds me of is, you know, when people say like drunk actions or sober thoughts or drunk words, I, or hate, sober thoughts, I hate that. That does phrase. not land at all for me because like, like what you said there, like you wanted this when you were drunk, but when you're sober, you don't want that at all. I feel like alcohol can bring out like these negative, not even bring out, create these negative parts of you. Like we lie when we're in active addiction. We, we cheat. We, when those aren't parts of us, like, like as Will was telling his story about like, you know, being unfaithful, you could see the regret. Like that's not, that's not Will. Mm. Like mm-hmm. when you're saying that about wanting attention, you can tell like, you're like saying it with like the ick on your face. It mm. brings out these parts of us. That are, I, I got to stop saying that. It bring it like creates these parts of us that aren't us. Well, mm. I feel like I, I even made a video on this this one time where if it was just like drunk words are sober thoughts, like that is way too simple. Like it's I feel like it's a lot more complex than that. I do feel like those that behavior. OK, like, for instance, like my behavior, like it did have a source. Like I had some like shit that happened in my childhood that I like did not think about yet. I had not gone to therapy. I had not, you know, talked about it with anybody, but I was like, I had this pent up anger and sadness and it was, what do you do then? You take it out on the people that are closest to you because it's like, they're just there, not saying they deserve it, 
but they're there. And when you have like unresolved emotional issues and then you mix that with alcohol, I mean, it's a recipe for disaster. And Mm -hmm. what I'm thinking people aren't realizing it, especially in like their, like their later teens and early twenties, it's like this hall pass that we think we have, but when it comes to hurting other people, it's just, it's inexcusable, but Mm -hmm. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't connect the dots for a really, for a really long time. Yeah. I remember I was in rehab and one of the psychologists explained, I don't know how, like the technical, like the scientific terms, but he was saying that there's a part of your brain that does all your rational thinking. But when you had too much drink, that just goes to sleep, which right. kind of made, cause yeah, like you said, just like some of the stuff that we do, the plenty of things that people do and say when they're drunk and you're like, they wouldn't like, would you do this when you're sober? It's just like, no. So there can't be, <laughs> there has to be some correlation with, yeah, like putting this literal poison in your system that's then making you act differently to how you would before. And yeah, like I can relate to, I guess, the foundation thing you were saying before, like, because I didn't get, if I felt I didn't get that much attention from women from or girls in high school or something, then when I started getting attention after that, it's like, oh, well, give, give me more of it. Let's, let's, let's have at it, you know? So, and then you don't know where to like, or realize that, well, is this the best use of my time? You know, just give me, give me just more of it. <laughs> yeah. And also another thing, cause I, we're all single, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was also thinking like, it's so crazy too, that our generation thinks it's so normal to like go out for drinks on like the first time that you're meeting a person and it's like but wait that is when my you know that part of my brain that's like telling me to make rational decisions is starting to turn off which like there Mm. were some nights my relationship with alcohol is like kind of weird because like I did have plenty of nights where like I was able to moderate but then I did have also plenty of nights where I was not able to moderate and I, and I drank too much. It was kind of like I experienced both things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess I'm just saying like, do you guys agree that it's a little bit odd that we use that as a crutch when that is the point of like first dates is to see if you have a genuine connection with the person. But once you involve alcohol in it, doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose? Hmm. Well, it sort of numbs you, I guess, if you, because I guess like first date jitters, you're meeting someone for the first time, you're nervous. Oh, well, this will take the edge off. And then if you're not able to, yeah, find a balance with it or moderate. I mean, if I ever moderated, it was by accident because that was not the plan. I mean, I blacked out on dates <laughs> as well. So, um, yeah, I think that it is like, I've seen it as this kind the alcohol is this kind of handrail that we've we've held on to as we socialize with each other and then we think that we're connecting but as i've discovered i guess the last couple of years chatting with meeting new friends and and it's not in a a drinking environment like on a i'm connecting now with people and getting to know people and actually taking things in because when i was drinking if you were to telling me stuff it was just out one what out through one ear to the other like Mm -hmm. i just i was just not present or available for anything like that and so I think, yeah, like, especially in a dating situation, I think, you know, oh, I'm a bit nervous for the date, you know, so you're looking, it's just like, 
probably the, the date you're on with is probably nervous as well. You could kind of, you know, find a way to, to click and bond over that and just, I don't know. Yeah. Just get through it. You know, it's, there's all these uncomfortable things we go through in life, but sometimes we need to do that in order to grow. I have a couple things on that. One, I think that, ugh, I hate to admit this, but you guys can tell me if you're, you relate. Part of me didn't want, I wanted that chaos. I liked the the thrill of going on that date and being like, if we drink, anything could happen. Like this could be, <laughs> we could, you know, we're meeting for the first time off of a Bumble app and we could be out till five in the morning. Yeah. And I almost liked that idea. I wanted that chaos. Mm. Um, so like that was one thing that I kind of chased, but just to, to follow up on what you said, Will, about, yeah, like both parties are nervous. Yeah. Like both parties are for sure nervous, but as we have all gone on or, you know, as we go on sober dates, we realize you're nervous as you walk in and then you're just talking to a person. At least that's, Mm. that's what my experience is. It's like the nerves go away as soon as you start having a conversation. So it's not like this whole time you're just nervous. Well, I'm just thinking like worst case scenario, like, or, okay, actually just like one of two scenarios is going to happen. Like one, you end up being nervous just as much as they are. You get through the first like five or 10 minutes and then you guys like loosen up and get comfortable and you're able to like have a meaningful conversation and it's totally fine. Okay. So that's like ideal situation. And then the second thing is you don't, (laughs) you don't vibe with this person and then you realize like pretty soon, like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't my person. And then we're not like, it's the whole like false connection thing that the alcohol is feeding. And it's like, wait, maybe I will end up going on like another date, two dates. I might be seeing this person for a short amount of time. And then it takes like weeks for me to figure out, like, I don't even like this person. Right. Mm-hmm. I've been there a million times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's plenty of times on the booze with yeah, ending up, I guess, with particular women that's just like, yeah, that probably wasn't a good idea. <laughs> um, but even like what um, you were saying before, Blazik, like, you know, I like the chaos just in general, like, because there's a part of me that thought it made me interesting to have all these wild stories, you know, of just chaos and nonsense that, which I mean, we've relayed on our podcast of just some of the, the the shit that you get up to just like, it's kind of like, Oh yeah, well that was kind of an interesting time, but you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I had to go through that and dig myself out of it. <laughs> yeah. So what's, what's a ideal first date look like for you nowadays? What do you have a go-to? Um, uh, yeah. For a while, for a while it was just, okay, well I try to do things that weren't sort of revolved around, I guess, like a night setting. So if it was like a dinner or going for drinks and stuff but i think because now i'm sort of more open about just being sober and just letting go of like it just it's it's out there i'm sorry about your people should be you know you could be well aware of it um i mean i used to do like meeting people up for going for walks for sunrise just here on the beach before going to work or yeah just coffee dates and stuff is always you know it's an easy casual starter thing which i think you know when you're meeting someone for the first time, you know, you just want to vibe them out, see what they're like. You don't really want to be coughing up too much. Um, I don't think in, in, in the beginning, um, cause yeah, if you 
end up spending a bunch of money on someone that you're not going to see again. It's just like, well, or the time, right? Like if yeah, you go out yeah. to dinner, you are locking in for about an hour yeah. and a half, two hours. Like it's yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I do dinner if I was just like, you know what? I feel like going for dinner. Well, let's go to this place. And then just, if I felt like going to dinner, I was just like, yeah, we'll do dinner. But if I'm not up for it, I was just like, nah, we'll do something a bit more low key. Um, and I always, um, if I was there to invite someone to dinner, I'm always happy to, yeah, just pay it and stuff. That's just, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's just kind of a natural thing, but yeah, if sometimes they, they offer to split and you're just like, yeah, okay, that's fine <laughs> as well. <laughs> I was going to say from like a female perspective, at least too, like not I've, you guys know, I recently went through a breakup, like a little over two months ago. Um, but I just feel like it's become such a default to like grab drinks or yeah. like grab dinner. And it's like, that's just like, okay. From I'm just thinking back to like, before I met my most recent ex, like that person put absolutely no effort <laughs> into like thinking about planning something. So yeah, going to like walk on the beach before work, like that sounds incredible or going to get coffee. You have to like find a place that like you really like. You know what I mean? It's just like that extra bit of effort, which I just think it goes a really long way. If you're like, if you want to start a meaningful connection, I feel like that's, that should be the way to do it. But obviously I'm biased because I'm sober. Hmm. I will but say though, go yeah, ahead. Going for, going for ice cream is another one. And then even just down the road here, I'm frequenting it. I go heaps is this frozen yogurt place. So, I mean, that's always another one as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say though, Julia, like, you know, I've done a decent amount of sober dating and like a lot of women have told me like, Oh, this is like a nice switch up. Like, mm -hmm. even if they drink, they're like, this is a nice switch up to get coffee or to do something that's not drinking because you're right. I mean, I think every single ask is, do you want to go grab drinks? Mm -hmm. Which is okay. Like, I mean, if both parties drink and they don't have problems, like I don't mm -hmm. have a, like, you know, good for you, but it is the default for sure. How do you guys feel about dating people that drink? Um, I mean, I certainly, if, if, if someone I was dating, like a big part of their life or their is wanting to go out and drink and party, then it's probably just not going to be somebody that I'm going to click with. And like, if so, certainly in, I guess in sobriety, like you got to put that first. So you got to, you got to be with someone that isn't a threat to your sobriety. Like that's always, usually it either goes, cause yeah, if you pair, pairing up with somebody and they're a big drinker and you're not like, there's just going to be a clash. And I always, you know, if I'm, saying I don't drink whoever I'm with is usually less inclined to drink because a lot of people mm -hmm. fu funny enough I used to drink on my own all the time but yeah they don't want to drink on their own with someone <laughs> so, right yeah but that always all... blew my mind too at first Will yeah. I was like they don't want to like I'm telling them they can and they're just like nah like what mm. yeah well even when yeah because like, I went when I had I think I was just coming out of out of rehab and I went to dinner with friends and they didn't drink around me. I was just like, no, you guys can drink. It's fine. And I remember my, I think my mom said, look, if they don't want to drink, let them, 
you know, right. that they can make, they can make decisions for themselves if they're choosing not to drink, whether or not it's because they want to support you, let them. And then I interact with people who just like, oh, you're an alcoholic <laughs> idiot. And then they drink and then it's all good. Like, <laughs> I know where Aussies. I stand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, uh, that's another thing though, is like, you kind of realize how many people also don't care about drinking as mm. me- as much or as many people that do care about it a lot. When you start going on dates or you start hanging around new people, you're like, damn, like they just really don't care if they drink, like they'll drink if other people are, but if you're not, eh, whatever. Mm. Yeah. I feel like that could be an age thing, though. Could be. Like, could as be, we're yeah. getting, like, I'm in, like, my later 20s now. I feel like that's m- becoming more of a thing because of that. I, I could be wrong, though. I think people oh. are just starting to drink less and less as they hit that's, 32. That's very true. Very true. Well, I'm always, I'm finding out that I think, I don't know if alcohol has the same appeal as it once did. It seems that more and more people aren't, I mean, the people that I'm hanging around with these days who are all a lot, I guess they're all in their mid twenties, some of them in their early twenties. And yeah, a lot of them don't drink much at all. And I'm just looking at them just like, oh, you got your shit together a lot earlier than I did. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. um, that's, or it's just a different, env- I mean, there's, yeah, like there's people out there that they've got their priorities in order and they know what they want out of life and the party lifestyle isn't, isn't that. So you just got to be willing to go out and, and find them. I mean, they're out there. I've had to go do that. So <laughs> well, we talk about it a lot on this podcast, but Gen Z is they're they're, they're ahead of the curve on it. They're catching mm. on. Yeah, for sure. They're uh, they're young and they don't have any interest in it. I, yeah. I truly wonder if it's going to be like a situation like cigarettes. Yeah, I've wondered if it's going to go that way. I mean, I've noticed, I mean, in this country, in Australia, like online gambling and betting, I don't know if it's been, I mean, over in America, but that seems becoming a bit more popular. I mean, it's certainly sponsored in a lot of our sporting uh, arenas. And I mean, I don't think, I don't think vaping is much of a thing here. I think they've banned it, but I mean, I guess one addiction will go out and then something else will come in. So yeah. Um, I mean, the one I'm dealing with, I guess, is just overconsumption on my phone. So, <laughs> how has finding community helped you with your commitment to sobriety, Will? Well, I guess I'll first say that it's I haven't I haven't necessarily met people who don't drink. Certainly met people who didn't drink the way that I did. They may drink, but it's not. I mean, it's not really a big thing for them. Mm. Um. And I mean, for them, I guess, because I guess I grasped towards pursuing a more health and fitness related lifestyle, which seems to be, I guess, for a lot of addicts, you're just swapping fucking one addiction for another where it's, yeah, like I was destroying my body for years and now I'm, I guess, repair, repairing it and building it better. So, I mean, I, I guess I just started exploring like a few communities around here where I live, like, um, there was a guy that was doing like breath work at sunrise just out, out on the beach, just out the front of where I live. So I thought, well, we'll go try it out. It's just, I guess, stepping outside your comfort zone a bit. And then like, okay, well, that was interesting doing some breath work and never, I was like, what the hell is that? And then, um, then yeah, finding other communities. And then most of last year I was in this, uh, it was a men's group that I found. It was called the brotherhood and, 
Yeah. So it was just meeting a bunch of men looking to, I guess, improve their lives physically, mentally. And it was kind of set up as like a wholeness group. So I met a lot of good guys in there. We do a lot of working out, breath work, meditation. Um, we were in like a WhatsApp group together where we were setting intentions every week and holding each other accountable. So, um, and then I did a lot of workshops and met a lot of people, a lot of sort of different people that um, I guess I never really, there's types of people that probably when I was drinking, I would have thought these people were, were weird yahoos and stuff, but now it's just like, oh no, these are <laughs> there's some pretty good people out there um, outside of, um, I guess, the party scene. And yeah, it's just been, I think, I've heard a lot with like the opposite of addiction is connection. And so being around good people that you can, yeah, that can support you and love you and wish the best for you. And you can do the same for them. I think is vital. Um, yeah, especially in keeping yourself in a good positive state and like moving forward. Yes. If you wanted to, kick the bottle for good and, and stay sober getting getting around good people that are going to encourage that for you and not be challenge you on it i guess you know oh why aren't you drinking oh come on just have one oh you're not that bad like it's i think the people that want the best for you and you come and say that oh look i have an issue i think i have an issue with alcohol it doesn't have to be a really drastic one you know it's just how you'd feel inside about it like i was talking to some yesterday and she said oh you know i just don't want to feel shitty the next day i just don't want to have a hangover the next day it's just like well yeah well then you don't have to and like oh what my friends say oh well you don't drink that much you're not that bad it's just like well uh, that says really more about that's really more about them than you like you got to decide for yourself what do you want to do do you want to you know if you don't want to drink you don't have to drink and you don't have to really explain to anyone why you don't drink i mean you can say yeah look yeah i just don't really want to do it i don't want to feel like that the next day you don't really have to give an explanation it's like you can put yourself first or you can can i guess in a way continue to keep people pleasing and people pleasing doesn't really get you it doesn't really get you that far i guess definitely blazing hmm. what about you what was the question <laughs> i was just saying like um i forgot what the question was finding like <laughs> How has finding, founding, finding, founding, finding community helped mm. your commitment to sobriety or do you not feel like you have that and it's, you know, you're struggling then with sobriety? Yeah, I wouldn't say that I, and, and I was going to ask you, Will, was your group a sobriety group or was it just like a self-improvement group? Yeah, it was just like a self-improvement group. Gotcha. So were there yeah. some drinkers in there or? Yeah, I mean we had like a we had like a a fundraising ball, like a formal event. It was called the Brother Ball. And so, you know, there was a you know, there, there was I guess there was a there was a bar put on and everything. And I mean their their kind of message was to have conscious consumption of alcohol. So it's a yes. very like conscious community. And, you know, I mean a few of them had a few, you know, some of them had a few drinks, but yeah, I was just there's like, oh, this isn't yeah, you know, they're a bit they're a bit goofy and they're a bit you know a bit funny, but it, it it it's certainly nothing like what I used to experience, where it's just with a bunch of blokes where we're just going as hard as possible, drinking as much as we can. So right, yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, yeah, like I just got to the point where it's just like, look, 
what's in your control, like what what's not in my control is everyone else drinking and like, oh, well, I want to be around people who don't drink. Like it's not to get myself to a place where thinking about alcohol was kind of more where I wanted to head to that it's now a non-issue. And so, yeah, I could be certainly, yeah. Like if I'm in a room with people and everyone's drinking, I'm not going to be there very long. It's going to get very boring very quickly mm-hmm. for me. That's um, the thing, right? Sometimes it mm. can get boring. I've, I've mm. definitely noticed that. And it's not anything against those people. Cause like those people sober, I could have really interesting conversations with, but it's as they get more tipsy, mm. the, the depth of convo might, or, or I don't know if you guys felt this in your drinking days, but I would have fake deep conversations where I thought I was <laughs> having these heart to hearts, but you watch it happen sober. And it's like, I fucking love and the other person. No, no, shut up, shut up. I fucking love you, bro. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah. Remember those conversations? Oh, there's plenty of those, and half of them <laughs> you can't remember the next day. And it's like, yeah, it's like the energy starts to shift in the room um, when there's pe- people who are having drinks and they're just they're getting there, and then you realize they're heading over this way, but you're staying here. But you know that's okay. It's just that's what they're doing it's fine and you that's when it's just all right i've i've probably seen enough I'll, I'll head home and i think i guess for me it's just also put meeting like i meet friends for lunch i meet people for coffee like it's just switching it from because i guess i'm up early a lot of the time getting to eight nine o'clock now i'm like no nah, but I'm, I'm going to bed mate like, like it's it's getting late you know we're getting late here it's like or do you want to go out for dinner at eight o'clock? It's like, I, I eat dinner at five. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm the same way, dude. I'm the same way. It's like dinner at five. And then by eight o'clock, I'm like in bed. I'm not sleeping, mm. but I'm like winding down to. Yeah, yeah. I, I would much rather wake up at 530 and feel good than stay up doing what too? Like, right? Mm. Doing what? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just, yeah, like I just. I've got myself into this routine and I mean, especially from quitting drinking, like my sleep's been a lot better. Like it, it was, it was pretty oh. average um, at times. I mean, particularly I had a period where I was having insomnia. So that's when I was here, like, all right, well I'll drink to pass out. So, um, but yeah, it's just, I get, and it just goes with, I guess comes with age. It's just getting older and you just like, what do I, do I really want to be up, uh, up late? And especially yeah, if you're not drinking and you just, surrounded by drunk people who are they're they're on a they're on a different level than you are and i'm just like there's too many people here the music's too loud these people are yeah in your ear oh i love you mate just like, <laughs> oh, can you you couldn't tell me this when you're sober you have to lick her up and tell me you love me like it's just you know and then their breath smells bad yeah and then they <laughs> they think they're saying yeah and then there's no um like there's no conscious uh sort of observing personal space so they're right in your face yes. right in your ear you're just they're chewing your ear off and yeah they're just like, oh you're such a oh i wish i could do what you could i wish i could quit drinking like oh you yeah <laughs> like, that one like, pops well, up you, a lot yeah just like oh i wish i could do it just like well you can you just don't want to so um i think that's interesting when people bring it up uh, almost like every party that I go to, if it gets late enough and I stick Same. around, really? Yep. One person will catch me in the corner and they start sharing their story. I have, hmm. and I've, I remember being that person at a wedding once to a sober guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't talk too much about it, but. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's just, I think that's why it's important to just have these conversations and be open about, yeah, like recovery and sobriety and giving up alcohol because it's kind of like an invitation for others to then be open to share, I guess, what they're going through. Because, yeah, like I get, I don't know about you guys, but I get messages all the time from people saying, yeah, look, your podcast really helped me. I mean, even when I met Mitch, who I do the podcast within the Brotherhood, he was still drinking and he was still struggling with that. So I kind of um, helped him and gave him some tips with that. And that's kind of how I've seen it. And um, yeah, just funny thing, just being open about there. Like, I guess what made sobriety easier for me was the fact that I had to take a hard look and realize I'm not in this gray area with people who might be able to moderate. They can go back and forth with it. It's just, oh no, I, I send it full throttle every single time. So you know, to have one or two drinks was just kind of just like, come on, nah, nah, we're having a hundred. Like what, what, what is this business of, what is this business of one? If it's one or two, it's one or two bottles of some big liquor or something, you know? So, um, I did my PhD in alcohol. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I heard that like, and this could be wrong, but I have heard that like specifically like Australia and New Zealand, it's just like, well, maybe this isn't right but I have heard that especially in like the later teenage years like when you go out like you go out to blackout like that's kind of like mm. the point but maybe that's not your experience well because I guess it is quite expensive uh to go okay. out and drink in Australia so we do things called pre-drinking so you'd meet at someone's I mean I'm sure you do it in America like you'd meet at someone's yeah, we call house it pre-gaming yeah pre-gaming yeah so you'd meet at someone's house and obviously consume probably a lot of alcohol before going out mm -hmm. and then, you know, so you'd already have, you'd already be pretty wasted before you even, you know, you even go out and then, you know, I don't know whether you were supposed to keep the, but you know, you're supposed to, all right, well, I'll drink at home. So I won't spend money when you're going out. But as you know, we've discussed all, all your, all your values, all your inhibitions, everything goes out the window and then you're just like, fuck it. Yeah. Let's just spend all money and then you, know, you just you either wake up with no money or someone else's money or just yeah it's just <laughs> someone um, else's money <laughs> yeah so I think it can be lucky sometimes I, don't, I mean it is a i mean certainly in this country i don't know i mean my idea like it's a big drinking culture in australia i mean new zealand can be pretty similar and i mean that even sends like back from like the uk and the, mm -hmm. the irish the scottish when i was traveling in Europe, it was the same thing. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just become this popular pastime that majority of people do and whether a lot of them recognize that they might not have that much of a problem with that, with alcohol, but if they gave it up, how much better, you know, how much would their life improve? Even if it is, yeah, just little things here and there, but that's for people to decide for themselves. Yeah, I think I like didn't realize necessarily when I first made this decision how much it was gonna affect so many other avenues in my life. Like, for instance, you were just talking about like the money thing. When I would drink, I became this like very overly generous person. Mm. I'd be like buying rounds of shots for random people. And it's like I, especially when I was working in the service industry, like I didn't have the funds to be like doing that. Mm. But for some reason, it's just like that's you know, I'd have, I'd go out with every intention of not overspending and that's exactly what I would do. And then that would just yeah. snowball into like 
the guilt and shame the next Mm. day. It was just like a whole mess. So now I feel like it's not only me doing myself the service of like my physical and my mental health are in a much better place than they once were. It's like my finances and my career goals and investments that I want to make for the future. It's like, it's all very connected. And, but one of like the most common comments I'll get on my TikTok, especially on like a video that, that does well, which basically just means like I pissed off a lot of people. So they're commenting (laughs) like super um, aggressive things. And they're like, it's not that, it's not that deep. Like, just let, just let me drink. It's not that deep. And I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not telling anyone. If you want to drink, you're not who I'm talking to. I'm yeah. I'm talking to the people that don't want to drink. That's mm. that's the audience that I'm trying to talk to. And it's like, yeah, it's not that deep. And I thought that way for years. But now that I've been on the other side of it, I'm my 500 days will be tomorrow. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Mm. Um now I know that it's just, it's all just so connected and I don't, I don't see, like I, people ask me all the time, like, you mean you're never going to drink ever again? And I'm like, I don't even know how to answer that question. But what I do know is this has done nothing but have positive effects on a lot of places in my life. So mm. why would I try to fix something that's not broken like this is obviously working for me uh, so I don't see why I would ever like choose something else mm. yeah it's a funny question oh you're never gonna drink again it's just it's like what what is that again from drinking I mean <laughs> like I took it I took it as far as you could possibly take it I don't know how further I could go with it and I think of I always think of like I you go to any pub around here um, in Australia and you see blokes in there with, you know, they're in their forties and their fifties, but they probably look like they're in their sixties and seventies. And they probably mm-hmm. sit in that bar for 20 years, just pissing their life away. And you just, I kind of just think, I don't want to be that. There's got to be more to life than this. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not, it's, it's a hard transition to make, but you know, anything in life that, a lot of things in life don't come easy. I mean, that's, I guess, the whole thing with alcohol, like the high you get is so easy. It's just swig. Woo, here we go. <laughs> you know. But then you end up paying for it in the long run. Um, so it's kind of like switching to like, I guess, pursuing delayed gratification. Yeah. As opposed to instant. But then, you know, you get people like, well, I work all week. I don't drink all week. I've now earned this. And it's just like, well, I guess that's one way to look at it. But, you know, <laughs> you got to still... Um, yeah, and then you pay for it Sunday and then you're still feeling groggy on Monday to then yeah, just go back and do it again. And it's just this repetitive cycle that a lot of people just, they end up working all week just to party on the weekend. And it's like, well, if you stop partying and you're like, I actually don't like my job. I don't like this. I don't even like my friends. I don't even like this girl that I'm with. I don't even like, yeah. And you just it just opens up a can of worms that, you then start going into other areas because I guess maybe half the time you haven't been able to realize, I guess that because yeah, you're just too hung over, you're too tired, you're too unmotivated and just, just coasting through life with it. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing. 
And I would say like a lot of the sobriety benefits don't come month one, two or three, like you start feeling good. Yeah. And you're like, wow, like this is kind of different. This is kind of a high, mm-hmm. but the benefits are like, you know, later on when you, mm-hmm. like you said, you, oh, I don't know if I like this job. Like what would happen if I interviewed for a new one? And mm-hmm. like, you're stacking those bricks every day with whatever chapter of, or, you know, whatever part of your life it is. And then you can like look back and tangibly be like, wow, my life has gotten significantly better mm. since I quit drinking. And yeah, like once a week or whatever, um, if that works for you, then that's great. But like, I know for me, like, you know, that one time a week towards the end, I was cutting it down more closer to that just because I was so sick and tired of, of like how I felt. Mm. Um, but that one time a week was a two, three day Commitment. You know, event. Yeah. Like, yeah. The hangover the first day, kind of getting back into routine the second day, maybe a little groggy the third day. And then, okay, I'm probably back into the swing of things. Mm. So it's just such a, and also like, I don't know what made me just think of this, but you know, when you'll ask someone like, are, are you hungover? And they're like, nah, I'm not hungover. I'm like, just kind of like groggy. It's like, oh no, that's, that's part of the hangover, you know, <laughs> yeah. like the three day hangover for real. Mm. Yeah. And it kind of like, I feel like a lot of the time too, people maybe aren't quite understanding that, you know, bettering your life is uncomfortable. Like it not to say when you stop drinking, it's not going to be like sunshine and roses and rainbows and daisies every single day. That's actually probably when you're going to have to start putting in some serious work in yourself. And that's going to be really uncomfortable. Like I've, grown so much as a person in these past 500 days but there's a couple of those days that were so deep and so painful and like I mean excruciating like it's agonizing but it's it's worth it because I'm like better on the other side versus like I was putting myself through agony and pain when I was drinking and that was just like adding to my downfall. Whereas at Mm. least with this, it's like, I'm actually starting to make like real strides forward in my life. And I'm, you know, more conscious of what I need to do and the work that I need to put in to make sure that I'm in a good place mentally and physically. So yeah, I just like hope that, you know, (laughs) folks are understanding that although I do like to preach that sobriety is this great thing, it, it is, but it doesn't mean it's it's perfect and it's comfortable. It's actually quite uncomfortable. Mm. I mean, I'd argue, you know, even people who do drink is is a drinking life, sunshine and rainbows all the time as well. Like I think life in general, yeah, it's just it is a roller can be a roller coaster. It's going to have your ups and downs. And I would, say, I mean, certainly with when people, oh well, if you will wanted to take a break from alcohol, I'd certainly lean more towards minimum like three months. Cause I mean, I think, mm-hmm. I think America, like the, the dry Januarys, the sober Octobers, the dry Julys that, I mean, they're a good incentive, but I always kind of question whether people who do quit for a month, it's like, okay, are you quitting for a month, but then come the first day of the next month, you just making up for lost time. It's kind of not the, not the point of it. Yeah. Um, and I kind of think that, yeah, like 
it's I think like 90 days is kind of because I mean I mean when I went to when I used to go to AA like you know they tell you 90 meetings 90 days um, I think that's a good period to really step back and okay yeah you take time and then yeah can you just really reevaluate um, your position in life and it always comes up oh but I've got so many social events on which is always the I've got weddings I've got birthdays yep. I've got any I've got Tuesday and you just is this well, yeah it's just like why do you need to drink at these things what's so important about you know drinking at these things you know you want those put, things are you know, always going to happen you're yeah. <laughs> never going to find a span where you don't have something mm. coming up yeah and it's yeah you're just making a decision to do something differently and the experience might will probably be different yeah like you're not going to be on the same vibration as a lot of the people there who are drinking but um you're making a commitment to yourself that you're looking to explore a different way and with the potential of it being a way to improve your life. And that's all, you know, with all these conversations that we have, it's just like, you know, we're just here to try and help others, you know, see a possibility that, yeah, look, you don't need to be reliant on this thing to have a good time. There are other ways. They might not be as like dopamine punching as alcohol and I guess drugs can be, but um, it's even something I've chatted with, I mean, Mitch, who I do the podcast with, chats about like, what is our purpose and being here on this earth? Is it to be just these hedonistic animals that just pursue pleasure as much as possible in some selfish manner? Or is it to, um, you know, serve a higher for, for fulfilling purpose? If it is, yeah, like helping others and growing as a person to become better. Yeah, because yeah, honestly, that's how... I think I feel the best sometimes is when I'm helping other people. So it's kind of like a win-win, right? Like I mm. get to feel the pleasure, but I'm helping someone else. Um, I, I yeah. Julia, we did get a question and I think this would be a good time to ask it like from a listener because sure. he kind of touched on it. Yeah, will. Um, so shout out Charlotte. Charlotte had <laughs> this question. She, she asked like, so she's approaching a hundred days and Yay. she awesome. was just saying like like I, I guess I don't know know her full story but I don't think maybe I'm wrong here but I don't think she was doing this as like I'm always going to be sober mm. I think she's just like whoa I, th I really like this but the question she had was you know once you hit that hundred day that three month that one month how do you kind of keep going or even you know Julia like the one year how do you kind of not look at it as like, wow, I, I did it. You know, I, I did it. Um, which I, I totally get that. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I went through a, a phase like after my, my one year where it was like, there was no more like firsts happening. It wasn't like right. my first time hitting 57 days. It wasn't my first time, you know, or like the 57th day of the year or whatever. Um, and Blazik, we were talking on the phone earlier and it's like, sometimes it's, it's hard to just be, um, thinking about like your why, like sometimes that that's not enough. At least this is just my lived experience. So my thing is like being around a sober environment. I just feel like that's what helps me the most because 
there is a certain component of like, I do not want to let these people down. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be that person. And like, even like with my following on TikTok, like I not, not saying I stay sober for them. I stay sober for me. Like, of course I do, but I just, I can feel that there are people depending on me. And when I give back to the sober community, that's the most fulfilling part of sobriety for me is inspiring others to go down this path or just try it even, you know, and having people comment, you know, I'm 30 days sober and it was your video that like gave me that spark of an idea. Like that is just, that gives me purpose in my life. And I, I feel like I haven't experienced such a sensation before this experience, this whole, this sobriety journey. Um, so I would say, you know, in, in order for me to stay committed, it's like, it's bigger than me. Like it's more than just Julia. It's a lot, it's a lot bigger than that. And that's, that's helped me see it as, as a long-term thing that I'm committed to. And, and it's realistic for me to sustain that when it's not, when it's not just about me. What about you, Will? I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess counting the days, I mean, if it's, if it's beneficial for you to do that, um, I mean, I certainly had periods where I did that. I mean, I certainly don't anymore. Usually like, I mean, I just, I mean, I passed year three, the first of February this year, and that's, it's always just a reflection period. And, um, Cause I guess it's just what I'm trying to, cause certainly I guess for me, what I think of is, I guess my life now and look at the, even look at some of the simple things. It's just, you know, it's just like, all right, my, I look and feel better. Would I have, would I have my health if I was still drinking? No, mm -hmm. my finances are a lot better. Would I have that if I was still drinking? No, I live in this nice apartment would i have that if i was drinking no would i have you know i guess the jobs that i had at the time like it just it it came in every in every like my relationship with my family the friendships i have like it like alcohol would just take every single one of those things away at some point because it just wanted everything from me so um i mean i remember when i was in rehab i think it was like the f first or second day and i just i had the thought i'll give this a year like there was a part of me that was just like, oh, we'll give it a year. And I had the same thought. <laughs> There's you're gonna have thoughts like that. And um, the other thing, like having certainly having like dreams about drinking. I've had I still get those from time to time that I've blacked out and done something and then I wake up like, oh no, that that was just a dream. That's fine. <laughs> okay, off we go, you know, because I mean that comes from the amount of times waking up and yeah, you're doing something you can't remember, and then just the dread of someone telling you what you did, but, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I always go back to the best piece of advice I, I heard in an AA meeting, which was a bloke who got up there and he just said he didn't have a drink today. And it's just cutting it. Never. I don't think about never drinking again, even though I'm fairly very confident I never will. Cause I have no desire or interest because I know within myself of who I am. And I know that if I was to even just trying to like it's just no use to me it's just going to destroy my life again and i've done that enough times so just focusing on today is really all you can do we're only living for today you know live in the moment and in i guess recovery and you can get to the end of the day put your head on the pillow at night 
all right, there's another day. You won the day in my eyes. So, um, yeah, just focus. It is, I mean, that's what you hit. Just keep it simple one day at a time. That's kind of, and it works, you know? So. I think our brains search for an end because there's not like, mm-hmm. I mean, death is really the only end we have in life. Everything else is like, you know, there's kind of a, a like a wait. choice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's a choice. That's I'm, I'm mind fucked myself there. I was like <laughs> in another planet when I was thinking, that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, we, we want the end or we don't want like the certainties of, you know, cause like if you replace alcohol with the gym, it's like, you're never going to go to the gym again. Like that sounds kind of crazy too. You're never going to mm-hmm. drink it. Like it all, it would always sound crazy. Yeah. No matter what it is, you're never going to drink soda again. It's like, I don't know. I don't think so. Mm. Um, so it's just like, you know, it's more of like a, a lifestyle, right? I mean, you kind of get into that lifestyle and, and life's either better or it's worse, or like, maybe you can moderate, like mm. maybe you're not like us and you don't see that huge value that we see. And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do see the huge value. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, the value is what's so intriguing to me and why I like love the lifestyle so much. Mm. Uh, another thing too is like, and and I know not everyone does this, but like, if I am having a day where like, um, I'm romanticizing alcohol in my head, like I'm thinking, you know it wasn't that bad. And I have these good memories and like, you know, I miss that, whatever. I do go back and I read my journal entries from when I was hungover. And those give me some really good perspective of like, holy shit. I remember like writing this and that fucking sucked. Like I am not Mm. going down that road again. Um, if I don't have to. And well, yeah, I have those dreams too. And they <laughs> shake me to my core when I wake up. I'm like, holy shit, that was so scary. I just like never, <laughs> I never want to want to experience that again. So yeah, it just comes down to like, we always have a choice in the matter. And, you know, we can be dealt some pretty bad cards in life. And like, that's not fucking fair. But at the end of the day, like we're all full full ass human beings like we have some sense of control every day every single day so I don't know sobriety just like reminds me of that like before it was just like I'm just this depressed chaotic mess of a person and I cannot get my life together for the life of me and sobriety like gave me that like that ticket that opportunity of like you know Sobriety in itself isn't going to fix everything, but it's at least opening the door. The foundation for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we got five minutes left on the timer, so we should probably wrap it up. Um, (laughs) Will, any final words to the listeners? Obviously, shout out your podcast, how they can find you Yeah, last year's podcast with Will and Mitch. It's so good. Everyone needs to go listen. Yeah, so we're on, I guess, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. We got social media, Instagram, and TikTok with all our reels of of nonsense. It's all Last Strings <laughs> podcast. Um, if you're interested to listen to a bunch of 
I guess Australians talk about how we how we sink the the booze, um, and we're broadening out broadening out to other conversations as um, yeah, like because I've had issues with mental health and the same with Mitch, and um, so we've expanded into other areas like that, I guess, and just we've created this created this thing. He suggested it to me one day, and it's just that's kind of what it's just evolved, and we're just pushing it along, and I guess my advice. I mean, for people listening who like looking to make a change, um, you know, just there's the, it's just starting today. You don't have to start on Monday. You don't have to start on whatever, just, you know, today it's just like, okay. And even starting something like with, okay, well, I want to quit drinking. It's just, okay. Just, yeah, start today. Don't have a drink today. Um, and then I think even re I mean, reaching out for help is always a, is always a good avenue too. Cause I mean, reaching out to my mom and asking for help when I was in the thick of it was the best decision I ever made because if I never did that, I don't know where I would have ended up if I would have just kept spiraling down. So, um, there's nothing wrong with putting up your hand when you're, when you're in a rough spot and hopefully you've got some people around you who can help you out of it and support you through what you're going through. If it is yeah, with, with something, something like substance abuse, if it's, mental health related um just yeah it's hopefully you've got some good people around you i'm sure you know if you don't think you do question that because i'm you know there'll be plenty of people that if you yeah speak up they'll they'll make themselves known to to help you out i mean even just me open up about stuff i get random messages from people from all parts of the internet saying you know hope you're doing well and um here if you need and it's just like oh that's kind of strength all right <laughs> so there's good people but, uh, out there yeah yeah you got to see the world that way for sure as much as it can be portrayed as this you know bizarre negative space um there's there's plenty of good people out there and i guess with like with drinking it's you know you got to notice your triggers what's triggering you to to want to reach the the drinking even if I mean, certainly, oh, well, I've got to go out this weekend with the friends. Just go sober. Just try it out. Just, you know, and then if you set yourself, yeah, I will go for an hour. And then if, if it's too much after an hour, if it's too much after 30 minutes, just say, I've got to go. Because mm -hmm. I've done that as well. Like I've in, I've had periods where I was just super uncomfortable and I just, it's like, nah, I've got to go. I've got to check out and there's nothing wrong with it. And the people, if you're around people, especially sharing sort of your predicament and they're supportive of it, you know, they should be understanding. And if they're not understanding, that's when you got to reevaluate re who you're spending your time with, because the people you want to hang around with want the best for you. Um, well, in my opinion, that's who I'd want around me to like, when I'm going through the thick of it, they want, all right, well, we want you to get better. And, you know, if this is what you need to do, then, then do it. So, um, but it's a, it's a funny thing. Yeah. This, this attachment everyone, a lot of people have with alcohol, um, unfortunately, that it's just, it's always this, oh, well, yeah, it's just, um, it's like people's projection if you're not drinking. It's like they feel like they're doing something wrong. So mm -hmm. they feel better if everyone else is doing it. And then you challenge that by not doing it. It's just like, well, what are you doing to me? You know, so, but you can do it. I did it. I was a complete fucking piss wreck as we'd say in Australia. Um, so um, it's possible. I can definitely say that.
Piss Rexy well, thank night. you, Will, so much. <laughs> this has been such a good episode. We'll have to have you back. Um, mm. I'd love to go on Last Drinks again if you'd have me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, thank you so much. And, guys, let us know what you think. Thank you again for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.